The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that rave Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio, episode 503, coming to you on Monday, September 11th. We're going to look back at USC's big win over the Stanford Cardinal, 56-10 to at the Coliseum look back, talk about the big moments a little bit further, uh, and so much more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Overcast, Spotify. I would say, Sti- say Stitcher, but I just found out Stitcher doesn't exist anymore. So not Stitcher, but every, everywhere else, including YouTube, where we are live right now. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansider.com, and our phone number Suck it with Spruin Show. Yeah, I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co-host here in the Rain of Joy studio in Los Angeles, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, Big shout out to everybody joining us here on a Monday uh, early evening, uh, as we always are. Uh, I saw Cigar was in here super early. Welcome. Uh, Ernesto's here. Rem and Birdie's here. Serious Drama is here. Bring in the Serious Drama. We got Randy. We got Kenny. Uh, we got Fighting on MC. The list goes on and on. A bunch of people here in the house. And uh, we appreciate all of you uh, joining us. Um, a little a little bi-week um, updates on scheduling. Uh, we will not have a normal episode on Wednesday because there is no game to preview this upcoming week. USC doesn't play anybody. There's, there's, Sadly, yeah. No, there's no game on Saturday. Just, USC left us hanging in the worst week of the year for college football in terms of exciting matchups, and I'm not happy about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, you are getting lots of love in the uh, the chat. Multiple people saying, Alicia is the best. Uh, no love for me. Randy says Michael <laughs> would be the best if it wasn't for his food takes. Um, wow. So, 
Uh, no respect over here. But uh, let's talk about the, the programming note that we wanted to pass along for the podcast uh, for the next week or so. Uh, tonight, of course, the or the whenever you're listening to this, it, this is our USC Stanford Fallout episode. Wednesday night, no main show at 5 p.m. Pacific on YouTube. However, there will be a members-only show Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Members-only, right after dark, and it's going to be a special bi-week game show edition. We're going to play a game show. We're so pumped about it. We love these sort of things. Uh, we're going to play only Skinect. One of, our, one of me and Alicia's favorite games ever is Only Connect, uh, a, a British game show. Uh, and we've made a USC version that we can't wait to play with you guys. Calling it a game show is not doing it justice, mostly because it's very much... When, when you say game show, you think of like, wacky, wild, fun. <laughs> this is a quiz show. Yeah, this is a okay, quiz show sure. that is designed yeah. to stump you. Yeah. And it does. But when you know what's going, when you get the connection, oh boy, do you feel like the smartest person in the world? It's my favorite thing ever. Yeah. So if you're if you're a member of the Rot Squad, which you can you can do, and you can join us here on YouTube, hit the join button uh, right underneath the screen here. Uh, you can join us uh, for four ninety nine a month. You get all of our bonus content, including access to the Discord, uh, and. You get to potentially be a contestant if you want to on Wednesday night. It's going to be fun. Uh, so we're going to, I'm going to challenge Alicia. She's going to challenge me. And then uh, it's up to the Rotbots to see who wants to be challenged and who wants to play along. So uh, it'll be really fun on Wednesday night, 9 p.m., uh, members only after dark. So mark your calendars now. Uh, then next week, same schedule as always. We'll be back here Monday night, 5 p.m. Pacific uh, on Monday uh, September 18th. We're going to call it a quarter season review because SC is at the first quarter poll. Um, three games in, three wins down. The Trojans are halfway to bowl eligibility. We're going to look back at the three games uh, and hang out here and talk more USC football as always, followed by Wednesday uh, next week previewing the ASU game. Uh, and then next Thursday night is the the standard 9 p.m. Pacific run after dark for members only. Uh, and then followed by the CarCast next Saturday night uh, after uh, USC and ASU. So not this Saturday, but next Saturday. So that's where we're going. That's the plan. Um, yeah. What's up with you? What's up with me? Yeah, what's up with you? It's been a busy day. I, I, I already did a podcast today. I've done... There you done, go. This is, my, this is my second podcast of the day. Uh, you could, you all can find me on the False Start podcast um, when that episode drops. So that's what's been going on. Did you on start it me. on time though? Because the False Start pod, like if you, if you, do you have to start slightly delayed? Does it count if it got rescheduled it twice? <laughs> is that a? Then it might be a delay of game. Yeah, pod. delay of game podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so go listen to that. Go listen to the uh, Fall Start Pod uh, with Alicia joining uh, Cody Williams. It's a it's a good listen. Absolutely. So um, before we get to the news, which there is a little bit of news, we want to let you know that you can help grow the show by signing up to DraftKings. Have you done it yet? If you're a new user, you can get 150 bucks in bonus bets instantly. They're following just three steps: create an account, deposit, and then wager five bucks on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you'll still receive 150 bucks in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code Reign of Troy when you sign up. 
And the best part is using that code, RandomTroy, all one word, not only gets you the bonus, but helps support this podcast, this very one, the one you're watching right now. So if you're considering signing up for DraftKings, definitely use our code Troy to maximize your first bet. Uh, the offer, of course, only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Alicia, when when would that be advantageous? That might be when you're gearing up for a road trip to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. In a couple, I think of Colorado. Weeks. I think it's is Colorado? one too. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, please remember to always gamble responsibly, and of course, check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Uh, so yeah. Travel with the Trojans the next couple of weeks and join DraftKings. Use the promo code Reign of Troy. Help support the show. Uh, yeah, uh, Alicia, there's a lot of news to get to. Uh, let's do that, shall we? Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Prize Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Prize Picks app with the code Reign of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. All right, we got to start with the first news, the poll. The new AP poll is out, and the Trojans have moved on up to number five. Uh, USC is after Georgia, number one, 55 first place votes. Then there's Big Blue, Michigan, number two, with two first place votes, followed by the Knowles at number three, Florida State, with three first place votes. Texas, fresh off their win in Tuscaloosa over Alabama, sits at number four. And that means USC is number five, the top team without a first place vote. Does this mean best of the rest? Is SC McLaren now? (laughs) I think it is. Depending on the weekend, that's either a good or a bad thing. (laughs) That's valid. Uh, But SC is the highest ranked Pac-12 team, which is noteworthy because... Alicia, there are now eight Pac-12 teams ranked. Every Pac-12 team that is 
undefeated is ranked all eight of them uh sc is number five uh washington is eight utah 12 oregon 13 oregon state 16 colorado 18 23 is wazoo and 24 ucla look at that the pac-12 set in records literally right at the death Yes, and this is the sad thing about the the you know dissolution of the Pac-12 as we know it is that there was never a reason why the Pac-12 couldn't be a very strong conference. There was never a reason why it couldn't be very competitive. Yeah, it's just that teams on an individual level all dropped the ball collectively uh, for for years and years and years and years. And and now now everybody's doing great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope people still have this energy in a few weeks when the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself and well, you end yeah. up with everybody with two losses and doesn't like that it doesn't then become like an oh actually the Pac-12 sucks like no it's it's that there's a lot of good teams in the Pac-12 and it's hard to like it's it's hard to win and everybody's going to beat each other and it's going to be a thing. I'm I'm hoping though that when that inevitably starts to happen because everyone has to play each other, right? That at least if teams are ranked at the beginning, you can start doing the thing that the yes. SEC does. And like, well, that was that was a ranked team. It was a ranked Washington State lost mm-hmm. to Oregon State, but hey, they were ranked. But this is the it's frustrating to me that it took the Pac twelve breaking apart for people to start to recognize that Oregon State and Washington State have been competitive teams the entire damn time. And like well, this uh, is well well, not the not, whole not Oregon time. State, but not yeah. the whole no, not the whole time. But like, but Oregon State under Mike Riley was a competitive team, yeah. and and you know but then the, then they was, fell off. But yeah, yes. but they weren't given their due then. It's good that they're getting their due now under Jonathan Smith. It just sucks that like it's it's when they're at their worst possible sort of situation. But that's what what can you do? You you can't yeah. do anything. Yeah, absolutely. And for SC, if you're wanting to go to the playoff, uh, there's a million teams on the schedule, as Ricky D points out in the chat, that are, are going to be on SC's schedule uh, the rest of the way who are ranked. Uh, you got Washington, Utah, Oregon, Colorado, and, of course, UCLA is there. Oh, and then Notre Dame, by the way, which I believe is at 7. So, um, yeah, the there is it is absolutely loaded for USC's schedule. Plenty of opportunities to go forward. SC being fifth right now doesn't really matter. Who cares? I think we talked about in the car cast. It seems like the right spot for SC to be at. Uh, for all intents and purposes, SC hasn't played anybody. Um Florida State and Texas have the two bi- biggest wins uh, of the college football season. It makes sense where where things are. It's it's week three. The, we we can we can sit here and 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 wait and see how things go. Yes, the um, one the one good thing is that there was a chance that USC's game. We're going to talk about the timing of games and all this kind of stuff. But USC's first two games were on Pac-12 Network. USC's third game was a 7:30 kickoff Pacific. Um, there was a chance that the whole, that the old adage of like the East Coast doesn't know what USC is up to um, could have could have fallen through. But what we saw happen was USC leap over Ohio State, which mm-hmm. is as much a rebuke of Ohio State and their lackluster start to the season as it is a promotion of USC. 
But there are many, many years in the past where that would have never happened based on USC beating San Jose State, Nevada, and Stanford. Yeah. So, um, you yeah. know, take that for what it is. USC is getting some respect in those polls. Yeah, because they are beating the crap out of these last two teams, mm-hmm. these last two games. Uh, and they've done it in a way that the good teams are supposed to do. And mm-hmm. um, that helps. That absolutely helps. Uh, let's talk about the other news that came out on Monday. Of course, it is the the Monday before the week before, uh, you know, a, what is that, 12 days before every game, uh, of course, is the big draft. The big draft for game times. How is it going to funnel out? And drum roll, please. We knew this game was going to be at 730 because it's a game in the state of Arizona on the road, and it lands on Big Fox. USC and Arizona State, two weeks next Saturday, uh, September 23rd, 7.30 p.m. on Big Fox. Your thoughts? My thoughts is, if you thought it was going to be at any other time besides 7.30, I do not know what you've yeah. been watching You, you could have bought Airfare months ago. Yeah. yeah. It was always going to be at 7.30. September games against Arizona and ASU on the road on the road yeah. are always 7:30 kickoffs. It's a lock. Those teams just don't play before 7:30 because it is scorching hot in the desert mm-hmm. and no one wants to have players on a field where it's 120 degrees on the field on the on the playing surface. This was just this was always going to be it. I don't know why every time we have to have this long involved conversation where I feel like people are completely and utterly misunderstanding how scheduling works, how TV partners works, how the TV draft works, how all of this works. Um, I, I, I don't know why we have to keep having these conversations, but apparently we have to keep having these conversations. Yeah, so the way it works is, you know, 12 days, however many days before, uh, the week before, the Monday before, uh, there is a draft. All the TV partners get in and they draft the games. There is an order of those drafts um, that is contractually con- very confusing, but basically the best the best time slots get the first pick, right? So, like, what is the best draft spot? It's probably, like, big noon kickoff, right? Uh, or it's the primetime ABC game, uh, whatever it is. And it changes from week to week, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever, they go from there all the way down to, like, the worst time, which is, you know, 11 a.m. or 8 p.m. On, on the Pac-12 network. From there all the way to the bottom. Yeah. And as it goes down slot by slot, they draft the games. Uh, and so the things that make a time slot more valuable is the time itself and then the channel it's on. Um, SC playing at 7.30... Uh, is advantageous because there's not that many other games on at 7.30 p.m. Pacific uh, based on how geography works. But more importantly, the game is on Big Fox, terrestrial TV. You can tune in with your bunny ears. Your your Aunt Judy is able to pick this up on her and, you, you know, the your aunt that lives in the in the country or something who can watch this one with, with bunny ears. That makes it more valuable. That's how it works. But I, I know you have a rant scheduled, so I, I'm not going to stop you. Just go for it. 
Okay. Yes, that's how it works. And guess what? That's Uh how it will continue to Uh work in the Big Ten. Uh Uh-oh. I saw a lot of USC fans piling on. This is this is why we're leaving the Pac-12. Like the Pac-12 is has a vendetta against USC. They don't want USC on prime time. All this like this is all the Pac-12 doing. This is not the Pac-12's doing. Number one, in this particular instance, this is not the Pac-12 do, Pac-12's doing. USC could be in the ACC or the MWPCC, whatever mega conference comes out of anything mm-hmm. else, and this would still be a 7:30 game. Because you do not play games earlier than that in Tempe, Arizona in September. But let's talk about the Pac-12 versus the Big Big Ten or anything like that in the future. I am not arguing that the Pac-12 network is a good network or that the Pac-12 media deal was a good deal or that the Pac-12 TV partners were better than the Big Ten. There's a reason USC is going to the Big Ten. It's to make more money because the partners are better, the slots are better, all of that kind of stuff. Those advantages are not under debate. Having said that, if you think that the Big Ten picked up USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon with Fox paying extra money to add in Washington and Oregon, and they are not going to take advantage of the 7.30 or 8 o'clock Pacific time slot, you are kidding yourself. USC will continue to play late games when they are in the Big Ten, because USC is a West Coast product that will allow the Big Ten to tap into the magic that the Pac-12 tapped into, which was After Dark. Big Ten After Dark, as as Ernesto in the chat says. Big Ten After Dark will be a thing because you don't add the West Coast schools if you don't want to take advantage of an additional time slot. They might be more valuable too because the Pac-12 will not exist. You're the only show. Who are you competing against? You're the only show in town except for the Big 12 that I guarantee you ESPN is going to try and take advantage of that with their with with their deals with those with those uh, Mm -hmm. with those conferences. I am not talking about USC playing Ohio State. USC Ohio State is a primetime game that's going to be on at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8, 8, 8, 8 Eastern, or in one of the primetime slots. Maybe even big noon kickoff, so be prepared for potentially 9 a.m. games, which are not advantageous to USC at all. But if we're talking about the 7.30 or 8 o'clock time slot in the Pacific time zone, they want product in those slots. Fox, with their Fox and FS1 channels, wants football games with good brands in those time slots so that they can make money off of having those time slots get good ratings. Right. So that they can sell those time slots to advertisers. If you think that USC, UCLA, isn't going to be on that channel, USC Washington isn't going to be on FS1 at, at, at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, you think uh, USC Oregon or uh, USC Nevada when or whatever future week non-conference opponents that USC plays, that all of those games won't be, well, not all of them, but a lot of those games won't be in the late time slot. You are kidding yourself. This is about Fox and FS1 as their, as their additional arm. They have a slot at, at 9 a.m. Pacific. They have a slot at 1 p.m. Pacific. They have a slot at 5 p.m. Pacific. They want that eight o'clock slot as well. Four is better than three in terms of games you can put on national television on Fox or FS1. And also, I've seen from the Athletic and 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 Awful Announcing did a thing about how they're gonna they're gonna want to put these games on the Big Ten Network too. 
So like USC will continue to play at 7.30. Mm -hmm. This is not a thing that's going to end when you go to the Pac-12. And this is where my rant really begins. Uh Uh-oh. Why are USC fans so resistant to the 7.30 kickoff? They are living in the past being resistant to the 7.30 kickoff. Here's the thing, guys. What time does Ohio State play when they're in primetime? I believe that would be uh, 8 p.m. locally. 8 p.m. locally. Those fans go to their stadium and watch their football game at 8 p.m. locally. USC kicking off at 7.30 or 8 p.m. in the past has been historically a disadvantage because, yes, when you kick off at 7.30, it's 10.30 on the East Coast. East Coast viewers aren't watching. A lot of them are asleep. And in the past, when your ability to compete for national titles was dependent on voters in the AP making their votes so that they would decide who would be in, uh, who would be involved in a national title game, Mm-hmm. Yes, it mattered if people weren't staying up for your game, if voters weren't staying up for your game. But guess what? It's 2023. Number one, social media has made it easier than ever than ever for you to get to get exposure no matter what. You didn't have to stay up until until 11 o'clock Eastern time to watch USC play Stanford to then wake up on Sunday morning and have Caleb Williams highlights all over your timeline. Number two, the AP poll is not a thing anymore that matters. The college football playoff committee, it's their job to watch these games. It doesn't matter if USC kicks off at 10 p.m. Eastern, at 1 a.m. Eastern, at 5 a.m. Eastern, whatever time Eastern, it doesn't matter. There is a committee of people whose job it is to watch games. Pat Hayden used to talk about how he would watch games on Sunday on the treadmill that he had recorded from the day before. It doesn't matter what time the game airs from a competitive standpoint in terms of, of, of making sure that you get into, uh, into a playoff or into a, a, a game or a bowl or anything like that. That's all stuff from the past. Put it away. In the words of Kylo Ren, let it die. Let the past die. It's okay for USC to be playing at 7.30 Pacific. It's, it's fine. Embrace it. Night games are wonderful. I get it if you have kids, and I get it if you live on the East Coast, for you not to be on, to, not on board with this. Everybody else, get over it. Embrace it. After Dark is fine. It's good. It's not a detriment to USC. It's not going to hurt USC anymore. That's my rant. Yeah, I, th- there's there's two parts of the argument. I, I think there's, there's people who don't like the game because of what time it is on the East Coast um, for two reasons. One, because the idea that the voters are, are, are not going to see it or something. Don't care about the voters. The voters, like you said, it's literally their job to watch the freaking games. It's their job to, if they didn't watch it live, to watch it on Matthew Love's Ball on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's their job to watch the game. Uh, Number two, uh, the only people I truly have sympathy for are the SC fans on the East Coast Mm -hmm. uh, having to stay up late. Um, Yeah, that that sucks. Um, But at the same time... Staying up until 1 a.m. to watch your favorite college football team, in my mind, 
completely beats having to wake up at like 4 a.m. to watch it to watch Chelsea crap the bed against Brighton no you know, question you know what I mean like <laughs> like this is what being a, a, a sports fan in a non geographically uh, you know convenient place is like yeah. uh, around the world um, but secondly the idea of I the one I don't get more than anything are people not liking 730 local games independent of everything else Everything in a city takes takes place at seven thirty or eight. Mm-hmm. You go to a uh, not a Broadway show, but a show at the Pantages. It's at eight o'clock. You go to a concert at Hollywood Bowl. It's at eight o'clock. Uh, if you go to the movies, you you have a date with, and you're going to go to the movies. You're probably going to watch a movie at like seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. The, the guess what? The Dodgers are playing tomorrow night at seven thirty. Seven o'clock, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like the Lakers have, have LeBron James and they play at seven o'clock locally. Like this is what sports is. I, I, I just pulled it up. Next week's schedule, Ohio State and Notre Dame. You can make the argument that those are the two biggest college football brands in the world. They are playing at 730 local time. Yeah, because so that's like, that's that's you know prime what I mean? time. Like, what, why, what what are we doing here? Why why are USC fans so resistant to Pacific prime time? Embrace Pacific prime time. Yeah. Well, the the other thing, and I and I you know sort of alluded to it earlier. The seven thirty games are going to be more valuable because yeah, the Pac twelve is not going to exist. There's less clutter. Um, you know the games that. You know, you, you and I were watching the Oregon-Texas Tech game as it led into uh, the SC game the other night. That game was on the, the same time as Alabama-Texas. Mm-hmm. There's like 40 other games at the same time. You get to 7.30, you, you're the star of the show, baby. Honestly, I think that really Especially helps. Especially if you're on Big Fox. Like, I think that everyone helped. in the country is watching. Now, and that helped USC this week. Probably because, did, because, especially because the way that they blew the game out early. The too. way that USC started that game against Stanford as dominantly as USC did, East Coast viewers didn't have to stay up to watch that whole game. Their memory was of Caleb Williams being incredible in the in the in the first and USC's offense being crazy good, and USC's defense coming to play in that game too early in in, in the opening quarter. Like, I think that helped USC playing at seven thirty. Yeah, so more people watched that than they would have otherwise. Right, especially when it's on when big, it's on actual it's on big, big Fox. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what the complaints about the Pac-12 network are completely founded. Yes, moving to the Big For Ten sure. network is a much better deal. Mm-hmm. But everything else, like, yeah. 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 Uh by by the way, best time zone for sports, the mountain time zone. <laughs> mountain time zone is is a plus. Uh but the Pacific right after that. Uh artist formerly known as Jabroni Jabber Brody says, I love 7.30 kickoffs. It's 8.30 my... T- there you go. See what I'm talking yeah. about? The mountain time. My kids are in bed and I can focus on the game. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Chalasun says, um, people complain about getting to the stadium for 7.30 games and that they can't tailgate. See, I view a 7.30 game as like, you have a whole day to tailgate. A whole day to tailgate. Y- yeah. Like, I, I know the lots only open at a certain time and that the Coliseum... I mean, the... the campus has been weird about like the times that they like sort of let people start things you can start somewhere else you can you know there's still time there's there's plenty of time 
So, all right, uh, enough about that. Let's get to talking <laughs> about USC and Stanford. Of course, the Trojans uh, with a big 56-10 to 10 victory uh, over the, uh, the Stanford Cardinal on Saturday nights. A uh, lot of things to talk here. Alicia, I, 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 I sort of want to – you had your long rant um, about uh, about kickoffs. I, I just want to throw a lot of stats at you if you don't, if you don't mind. Let's do it. Um, so not only was it, uh, was it a game in which SC scored 49 points in the first half, which – I said after the game that I, I was pretty sure that that was the most the Trojans had scored since the Notre Dame comeback game in 1974. Uh, USC confirmed that, by the way. Um, so it was it was also the the 46 point margin of victory uh, was USC's largest over Stanford since 1977. Uh, the 56 points SC scored against the Cardinal were the most in the history of the series. Uh, which dates back which, to, you know, 1905 or can something Can we like talk that? about, too, like, USC was a touchdown away from that at halftime. Yes. A disappointing half from USC's backups still got USC the all-time record for scoring yeah. in this series. Incredible. Yeah. It, wild. A- absolutely wild. Um, yeah, USC's first half, not 49 first half points, the most points in the half since the Trojans scored 49 in the second half against Notre Dame. Uh, the 46-point halftime lead by USC is tied for the third largest lead at the break ever by a Pac-12 team in a conference game. Uh, 56-0 by Oregon over Colorado in 2012 is the most. Jesus Christ. Uh, 49-0 SC over Montana in 1931. Uh, and then 46-0 SC over Idaho in 1929. Yeah, Remember back in the in the old PCC days, Montana and Idaho conference opponents before they went down to the FCS. Mm-hmm. What a, what a, what a time what a time to be alive! Uh, but and conference realignment, man. <laughs> yeah, geez, the TV networks back then, you know. <laughs> uh, but I, I want to talk. I I did a whole bunch of you know stat research, and I want to talk about the offense. You know, the SC scored fifty six points and. 49 of it was in the first half and all that stuff. But how explosive is this offense? Well, I ran some numbers. SC is first in FBS in yards per play, 9.27 yards per play. How impressive is that? As it stands right now, this second, USC's 9.27 yards per play average is the fifth most for a college football team in the FBS in the opening month of a season since 2009. Opening month. So we use CFB stats for a lot of these stats. CFB stats has a uh, a split that is August and September games. Uh, it combines them into one, usually because there's games at the end of August, right? So if you combine that, the August-September opening month, uh, since 2009, SC is fifth in yards per play. In three games, 9.27 yards per play. The number one team on that list of all time, well, since 2009, 2019 Oklahoma, 10.36 yards per play. That Lincoln Riley's Link, Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley, that's, that's all I'm yeah. saying. Like, the Lincoln Riley offense is just... They did it in four games. 
2015 and 2013 Baylor are on this list. They each did it in three games, just like the Trojans. 2011 Georgia Tech, the ultimate stunner, 9.41 yards per play in 2011. They did it in four games. Uh, but at least here's the, here's the sort of kicker. Those four teams ahead of SC in that list, and obviously this can change. SC plays two more games. There's plenty of other schools that play a million games to go in September. So this can all change. We'll revisit this later. But SC is the only one of those top five teams not to have played an FCS team. Mind you, you're splitting hairs a little bit. Is is Nevada really better than like Wofford or something like that? I Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, but, but the point is, SC is, the offense is at a historically explosive level. Um, the Trojans are first in yards per play, second in the FBS in 10 plus yard gain rates. 33% of USC's plays this season have gained 10 plus yards. Only Washington at 35% is better. And Washington is really the only school that in a lot of these numbers match or best SC. It's SC and Washington, the two best offenses in the country. Uh, SC is third in the, the percentage of plays that go for 20 yards. 13.8%. Again, Washington, number one, 16.3. The Trojans are seventh in the percentage of plays that go 30 yards. Um, And then you just look at the team ranks. SC is number one uh, in in the world right now in red zone rate, a perfect 100%. The Trojans are number one in 10-plus yard plays total. Mind you, this is going to be the case. They've played an extra game. Uh, but Notre Dame has also played three games, and SC has 13 more 10-plus yard game gains than than the Irish. SC has four uh, 20-yard more gains than than the Irish, uh, and SC is also first with that, 26 of those. Uh, 12 30-yard pass plays, or sorry, 30-yard plays uh, the Trojans have had, which is first uh, in FBS. They've had seven 40-yard plays, which is tops in the FBS. The Trojans are sixth in available yards, gaining 73.8% of their available yards. Uh, they've, they've had a three and out in each of the first half of, of each of the first three games. That's probably the only thing costing them there, but incredible. That, that That's an incredible rate that SC is gaining 73.8% of their yards. USC is number one in the country in offensive points per drive. and that is when it is adjusted for garbage time. They are number two, most importantly, in net points per drive, plus four. That might be the most impressive thing about all of this because that includes the defense. Um, It's the offensive points minus the defensive points equals the nets, and SC is plus four points per drive second in the country on that uh and the trojans are second in scoring 59.3 points per game let's talk about the defense a little bit 11th in tackles per loss for loss per game nine of those nine tfls a game sc's not getting the quarterback much but they're getting into the backfield and making negative plays which is important uh 20th in defensive points per game at 1.03 sorry defensive points per drive 20th in the country at 1.03. Again, we've talked about it. The defense needs to be better. They need to, you put a top 25 defense with this team, they're going to the playoff. There you go. 20th in defensive points per drive. They still got a lot, a lot of ways to go. So, 
They haven't played the elite offenses, but that's a big boost there. So 21st in defensive available yards. Um, some individual stats that that's interesting. Alicia, who do you think leads SC in receiving yards right now? My man, Taj Washington. Yes. He's got to. He's 12th in the Pac-12 in receiving yards per game at 77.7. SC leads the world in everything, but like individual numbers. 12th. Max Williams is 12th in the Pac-12 in catches per game with 3.3, which just means that SC is just distributing the ball all over the place. It's 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 wild. Um, and then yeah. you look at the the numbers from Caleb Williams himself. We talked about it before. How is he going to win the Heisman? He's going to win the Heisman by being more productive than he was last year with his stats being better. That he had room to grow. We talked about that. Well, he's first in passer rating at two forty point five. He's first in first half passer rating two forty six point six. He's first in yards per attempt in the country at twelve point five. He's the only quarter, one of the only few quarterbacks that have not thrown an interception thus far. He's first in passing touchdowns. He's tied for first in passing touchdowns per game with Michael Penix at four. And he's fourth in completion rate at 78.6. All of those numbers better than last year. It's early. He's still got to play, you know, good defenses. Notre Dame's still on the schedule. It's a good defense, but he's doing what he needs to do. But that's what we said all last year, right? Yeah. That the, the scary thing was that Caleb was not as good as he could have been last year. And we're seeing him take that next step in efficiency that we expected because we looked at past quarterbacks in their second year in a Lincoln-Riley system, in their third year in a Lincoln-Riley system, and how they just get much, much more efficient as they go along. We're seeing that all come to pass. Now, like you said, Against the better defenses, we're going to have to see him carry through. We're going to have to see him maintain his composure, all that kind of stuff. But what have we seen from Caleb Williams to suggest that he's not going to be able to do that? At this point, you you just you bet on him every time. Right. Yeah, a- a- absolutely, absolutely. And then seven. this is, might be the craziest one for me. 17 of Caleb Williams' 22 first quarter completions, first downs first down so yeah things are things are moving well for sc on offense uh let, let, let's get to over under because we we got we got to run through these uh we had a fun game of over under uh this weekend so you're going over i'm feeling bold give me that over i'll go under i gotta take an under here i got three unders to take i'm gonna do an under here all right we went into it before the week you had a seven to five record i was six and six i needed a big week how was it gonna go Oh, shoot. I screwed up. <laughs> uh, Alicia's Spoiler. first over-under was 0. 0.5. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, no blocky, no rocky moments. Uh, I took the under. You got locked into the over. Uh, and it was under. It was under. It was zero. I thought there was a no blocky, no rocky candidate early in that game. But I agreed with you that if we went back and watched the extended highlights and that play was not included in the extended highlights from uh, Matthew Loves Ball, then it would be the under and that play was not there. So sadness. Yeah. That's not to say that he's not out there showing the same level of effort (laughs) 
It's just like he, USC yeah. was scoring too quickly. It, it just wasn't a highlight real play. He didn't yeah. need to do that much blocking. He just got the this, ball and scored twice. This this is true. This is true. Uh, let's go to uh, my first over-under. And just if you're watching the graphics, <laughs> just pretend that it's right, okay? Uh, pretend that it's in order. Uh, Stanford, uh, four and a half. Sorry. Uh, uh, Stanford, 95 and a half yards for Ben uh, Jurassic was the line that I set. Uh, you took the over, uh, which locked me into the under. It was under. He had 73. He did get sort of close. 19 rushing yards, 54 receiving yards uh, for their big tight end. No, but USC needed to prove that they could keep a big tight end contained, and most of this was about making the quarterbacks uncomfortable, so we'll still see what happens when they play a, a quarterback who's a little bit more capable of withstanding mm-hmm. that, but good signs. Yeah. Defensively, uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, over under four and a half Stanford third down conversions. Uh, I took the over, it was under, of course. Uh, Stanford was four of 13, so the line was good, it was right on the edge, right? Right there, right there. Yeah, they, they struggled on offense. Uh, let's well, go. USC and USC did a very good job of making them not succeed on offense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to my next one. I said over under 99.9 USC red zone rate. Would the Trojans be perfect again? Because uh, the Trojans were 10 of 10 going into it. Uh, you, t- of course, took the under. You doubted. You doubted no, this team. No, I played the odds you and I lost. You doubted them. I you played the odds them. and I lost. That's that's all it was. I played the odds. You doubted them. The Trojans were perfect. Five of five in the red zone, including scoring on the last drive of the game. That, if they would have, the they they could have taken a knee at the end. The thing they is, didn't. the thing is, like with the the second teamers in for the whole second half, how this didn't end up being under is mm-hmm. wild the issue they just never got into the red zone all i needed was it's them true. to move the ball occasionally this is true <sighs> this is true all right let's go to the next one uh your last over under was seven and a half usc points to close out the first half meaning usc scoring seven and a half po- over under seven and a half points in the last two drives of the quarter they scored 14 i took that under uh, I doubted the Trojans, uh, and they got the points. So um, you got the over there. Wait, didn't we switch it? We switched it, but it, it shouldn't count. It, it shouldn't count. It, well, I think we switched it. Did we switch it in the show last week? We have to check the tape. Yeah, I'm not, I don't remember. I, I know think, we switched something. I think something. we did switch it, but we never we yeah. never changed the graphics. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> Let's go to the very last over-under, which was over-under three-and-a-half Caleb Williams touchdowns. Um, You took the under. I took the over, and it was over. Uh, He had four touchdowns, three of the passing variety, one the rushing variety, of course. He set the school record for 12 four-touchdown games all time. Uh, passing Matt Barkley, and he did it in 30 fewer games. Pretty good. <sighs> I played the odds and lost big time. This is yeah. why I don't bet with, like, this is why I don't engage in gambling in, in general, because I play the odds and lose. <sighs> yeah. I don't know what you were thinking. I don't know what you were thinking. 
All right, weekly scoreboard. I went four and two. You went two and four. I thought it was worse, honestly. After, because I think we did do that switch stuff, but I, we're I not going to we, count. It. I think we did, we're but uh, I'm not going to argue it unless you want to go check the tapes. So. Mm. Uh, all right, you uh, made the graphics already. It's locked in. Right. <laughs> the re- it's it's too late to replay. That's the that's the important it's a replay part. review. Uh, season standings. I have a ten and eight record. You are now nine and nine. Um, let's go to the weekly leaders who went six and oh this week. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Unbelievable. Caught. Nobody. Not a single person. Slipping. Big sad to Vince in uh in South Dakota. Did not get that perfect record to, to go a third week. Uh but who are the weekly leaders at five and one? A bunch of people. Eric, Jensen, John, uh JB. Uh, artists formerly known as Jabroni Jabber Brody, Jay Vandy, Double H and HB, Do It For Madden, and Jordo all went a nice 5-1 and one record uh, on the week. Our season leaders so far in first place, it is Vince in San Diego. 15-3, uh, and three, he is now tied with Jay Vandy, also at 15-3. and three. And look who is in third place. Trinice from the west side. Hey! 14 and 4. 14 and 4 now. Those are good marks. Those are those are definitely good marks uh for, for Trinice there. Uh let's let's talk about our game predictions. Uh the Vegas spread was the Trojans by 29 and a half. Of course, the Trojans won by 46. Uh Bill Connolly's SP plus projection was USC by 32.9 points with a projected score of 46, sorry, 45 to 13. You said SC would win 55-20. I said 49-21. It was 56-10. So you almost got SC's output, but uh, you doubled Stanford. So neither of us were were right on cue, but sort of the same ballpark. SC was just a little bit more dominant than I think anyone sort of expected. uh, More cleanly dominant. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely dominant. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. uh, Let's go take a quick break and go to the mailbag, shall we? You've got mail. All right, Alicia. Let's go to the mailbag and start with a voicemail that we got from Tony. Hi, Alicia. This is Tony from Denora, PA. Hey, that first half was just beautiful. The defense was just dominating. Offense was just clicking on all cylinders. Caleb handles that offense like Beethoven handling his symphony. Hey, just a masterful first half. I kind of lost my voice there. Right on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I, I couldn't agree with him more in that description of of it's it's like watching somebody just direct a symphony and just yeah, it's just beautiful music is produced. He he is he is so in control, and it is. We got a comment from SJ in the chat. Caleb looks better this year than last year, which is unbelievable. Yes, he literally looks like a grizzled NFL vet. He's in so so much control, uh, which is incredible. Uh, let's go to our voicemail we got from Trinice. Hi guys, Trinice from the West Side. I am so freaking pumped to be calling into the rave line. In fact, I don't think I've ever been this happy to call into the rave line in my entire freaking life of calling into the rave line. Because for the first time in forever, SC is legitimately banging out an opponent. This is so much freaking fun. I'm having the time of my life. It's 49-3 to at the half, guys. 
49-2-3. We get two more freaking quarters of this. This is the best day. So much freaking fun. Like, there's so many things to say about the talent of it, right? We got playmakers on playmakers on playmakers, ballers on ballers on ballers, tutties on tutties on tutties, week in and week out. But it's fun, right? Like, there's other teams that we shall that shall remain nameless at this point that score all the time, and they just ground opponents into the ground. But this offense is fun. They look like they're having such a great time out there. And as a fan, I freaking love to see it. It's great. I know, I know, I know. It's the first half of the season. Everybody thinks that SC is going to bang out all these opponents. And and they probably will. But still, there is a joy that comes from having a coach that is not afraid to just run up the freaking score. And, and, like, I'm here for it. Run it up, Lincoln Riley. Run it up. Make them stop you. And if they can't stop you, then eventually it can be Miller time. But it don't need to be Miller time until we're up 60. Let's freaking go. Also... Why are people still kicking the Zachariah Brand? Do they just want this kid to have highlights? <laughs> this is the best freaking time. I can't wait to see what this next half of the game looks like. Head on. Thanks for the call, as always, Trinice. Yeah, I, I think you asked the big question. Why are they kicking the Zachariah Branch? I don't know. By all means, keep kicking the Zachariah Branch. I mean, hey, it's like that It's like that line in um, Arrested Development where, you know, they're talking about, like, open open marriages, open relationships, and... And he says, uh, you know, people people trick themselves into thinking that that uh, it it might be something that could work for them. But everybody knows that it always just devolves into into bad times, whatever. And then pause. But you know, it could work for us. Like I want opposing teams to think that what way. What are you suggesting? <laughs> God. All right, uh, let, let's let's go to our, our favorite new caller, Dan. Hi, this is Dan from the um, Natural History Museum. Did we actually learn anything tonight? Take my answer off the air. Thank you. Bye. Lisa, what did we learn from Saturday night's game? That USC's offense is electric and wonderful, and USC's defense is playing with some some fire and some swagger. And that these are the good times, baby. So let them let them roll and and enjoy them while they're happening. That's my big thing. Is like we only get to watch this team with this quarterback for so long. Uh, have as much fun as possible. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think we learned that SC is capable of having that killer instinct. Uh, Lincoln Riley was asked about it and that that's what's stopping people from getting to their ceiling. Looked like SC had it uh, on on Saturday. Yeah, you can say the second half, but like I, the the fact that SC just continued to throttle in the first half until they took out Caleb Williams says, says everything. Uh, let's go to the next call from uh, L.A. Fred. Hey, Raina Troy, this is L.A. Fred calling. I think most of us thought and figured USC was going to win on Saturday night, but how many of us could realistically foresee the Trojans just put in a blowtorch like death to, to Stanford. And even well before the 49-3 halftime lead even became a thing. For those of you that are out there that are too young or, or just don't know, let old Uncle Fred give you a quick history lesson. USC and Stanford used to be a very, very competitive rivalry. I'd even argue that it's the third most important rivalry behind only Notre Dame and UCLA. In the last 35 years of this rivalry, the record stands at USC with a slight advantage of only 19 to 16. How many schools are there out there that can say they've been that competitive with the Trojans over that length of time? 
And oftentimes when they played, both teams were right. So while it is sad to see this rivalry come to a close, at least for the foreseeable future, there's one thing I think we should all be giving thanks for, and that's not having to watch the most brutal mascot in all of sports, that stupid, stupid tree (laughs) anymore. Have a good week. Fight on, everybody. Fred, I'm sorry. I have to tell you. I love the tree. Mm. I love it. It's weird. It's quirky. It's fun. It's it's what's great about college football. I, lo- I love it. I mean, this is true. It is what's great about college football, but I also hate it. That's fine. Yeah, but ab- absolutely to every, everything that, uh, that, that Fred said. Uh, great, great call. Let's go to, uh, to Cameron in Frisco, Texas. Hey, Rainer Troy. It's Cameron from Frisco, Texas. So excited for this game because it was the final matchup of the Trojans of Southern California. One last time to deforest the Stanford Cardinal. And, man, did the Trojans deforest that that farm. Holy cow. That was one of the greatest halves I have ever seen of USC football in my life. We saw freaking Adoree Jackson return a punt return for a touchdown. Like, are you serious? Oh, wait. No, that wasn't Adoree Jackson. That was Adoree Jackson 2.0. Zachariah Branch taking it to the house and getting a little bit of a shout-out that night from the legendary Tyreek Hill, that he, Tyreek Hill saying verbatim, that Zachariah Branch might be faster than he is. So you know what? Zachariah Branch, keep balling out, and maybe eventually you'll become a Heisman Trophy winner just like Caleb Williams. But holy cow, what an incredible game. Dominating 49-3 to at halftime. Let's just keep this up. Let's enjoy the bye week. Get to relax. Maybe watch some mediocre to some bad football. But, hey, we're going to get ready for our 9-0 and stretch, and let's go kick some trash, baby. Fight on. Let's beat the Sun Devil. What do you think, Alicia? Zachariah Branch for Heisman? Hey, if he keeps returning, if he keeps returning kicks, if they keep kicking to him and he keeps returning him and he keeps catching touchdown passes, I mean, why not? The 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 hard part is going to be beating Caleb Williams in that <laughs> argument, but well, well, Caleb have, already has one, so maybe he'll get the the you know spread the wealth kind of love. Aside from like any sort of injury and knock on wood that doesn't happen, but like aside from that part. What would it have to take for like the SCSID department to be like, uh, we need to start devoting our our marketing dollars to Zachariah Branch for the Heisman? Like how how would what what, what happens there? Do you just do both of them? I, I, think, I guess. I think I my guess would be that Caleb is all about. Uh, he could Zachariah maybe he could be winning he, it. Maybe Caleb's like, don't vote for me. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, let's go to a message we got from Eddie. Uh, over on YouTube after the CarCast. Uh, my goodness, after the first 30 minutes of the CarCast, uh, it goes negative really quickly. I I wanted to address this because um, we get comments like this all the time about how negative we are. Um, we also get comments all the time that we are overly positive. Um, we've been called Debbie Downers. We've been called fanboys. I think this is the reality of like, maybe we are just medium on most things. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I, I speak for you, Alicia, too much, but like, I think we were both very high on this SC team, right? I don't think that we were being overly negative the other night. 
we also are beholden to like questions that we get asked. There were a lot of questions about Miller Moss. Not all of them were, you know, raving about the second half performance, right? But like, sometimes that's all there is to talk about when SC is so dominant in in good good areas, and you can talk about those things um, as well. Like, I don't know. I don't think we're negative. I think that we are middle of the road. And we are always going to, if you have a negative outlook on the team, we're going to be looked at as being too positive. And if you have a super strong positive outlook on the team, we're going to be looked at as negative. And that's always how it's been. That's how it's been for 10 years. Our our motto, I, I think I can speak for both of us, is things are never as bad as they seem or as good as they seem. And sure. we like to... But that first half was as good as it I mean that seem. first half was as good as it could possibly seem yeah and it was definitely that but uh but I think we try to be realistic about all things and I am comfortable with feeling like I am realistic about all things um we've gotten a lot of I think some snarky comments about how like y'all were really mad about the defense in week in week zero and it's like yeah, they gave up. We were 20, literally getting phone calls they, to fire Alex Grinch. They, like they it, gave up 21, 28 points to San Jose State. Right. We were, you know, we were we were reacting to what we saw in front of us, and we continue to react to what we right. see in front of us, and and we're going to keep doing that. I, all I can promise you guys is we're going to be honest about how we feel about the team. That's well, it. The other thing is, you know, I, I saw there was a, there was a comment about like you know after everything, yeah, everything that you said from week one about the defense or whatever the game first game about the defense. And I think we have always, at least I have always said that I am like, I can, you know, have my reservations about something, but if I'm so eager to be proven wrong about anything positively or negatively, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, when the defense, you know, proves me wrong, I'm going to be the first person to say it. I want this defense to be awesome. Yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I want this defense to be good. I want to believe in the defense. I'm not gonna give blind faith to the defense because they did a good job against a really bad Stanford team. I'm also gonna be honest that that's a really bad Stanford team. Um, you know, that's just where we're at. Yeah. Uh artist formerly known as Jabroni Jabber Brody. If you're being called too positive and too negative, you're probably right where you should be. That, exactly. That's that's I, I hope that's the case. Yeah, I, I hope that's the case. Uh, let's go to an email, that, or sorry, another YouTube comment that we got uh, after the car cast that said, uh, why no Malachi in garbage time? Miller is serviceable as a backup only. Malachi needs to get reps for the future. I think this is a valuable question. We saw Malachi Nelson get involved in week zero against San Jose State, did not play Saturday night against Stanford. Uh, what, what What are your thoughts there? My first thought is um, keeping the red shirt situation. You get four games, though. Yeah. I, I Maybe they think that the development of Miller Moss as the backup is, is, more, is a more important um, thing to, to do. Yeah. Uh, if there was an injury, we wouldn't know about it. So maybe that's something um, that's... Yeah. And, and I say that having zero idea if the, if that's the case like just some speculation that of, of why we wouldn't see a player um but yeah i don't know yeah i i i think yeah i think it, it would be nice to have one get a quarter and the other one get a quarter uh but i also think that there is 
benefit of like going all in on Miller Moss. And maybe if there's a next time, maybe you go all in on Malachi Nelson too. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, they, they both need the time. That's the problem. Either way you distribute the time, the other one's not going to be getting some. So uh, that's that's the problem. Uh, West Texas Mike, we're going off of comments that we've gotten tonight uh, in the chat. Uh, we're going to rapid fire these. Uh, West Texas Mike says, is the, is the connection in the only Connect episode on Wednesday night going to be Bob Connolly? It might be. It might be. Stay tuned. <laughs> well, now you've given me an idea. <laughs> Shoot. I might have to redo the answers now. <laughs> Uh, Buddy on MC says, uh, Michael, where do you buy your hats? Uh, it's usually like the New Era store? Lids? I don't know. I, he's, I, he's got some minor league baseball uh, ones that I've or, that I've ordered for him from the minor league baseball uh, store. So Mil- Milb. Milb. Milb.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Randy says, when the playoff committee looks to strengthen the schedule, do they look at where the opponents were ranked at the time that they played them or at the end of the season? It's both, and it should, well, it should be both, because I think the context matters. There are there are people who say that it should only be at the time that they played, and there are people that say it should only be at the time, at what they are at the end of the season. I think it should be more prevalent to what they are at the end of the season, because that's when you know more, but I think the context also matters too. And I've used this as an example a million times over the over the years, and I'm probably you might be annoyed at me mentioning this again, but Oregon, 2007, they were the best team in the country for most of the season. Uh, Dennis Dixon gets hurt; they were still a ranked team, and got blown out at UCLA. I think they lost 16 to nothing. Uh, it sounds like a blow, not really a blowout, but it was a blowout. That was the worst ranked team I've ever seen in my life play football. Uh, so if you look at it and say, oh, UCLA got a win over a ranked team. Yeah, but they were, that yeah. was Oregon without it's, Dennis Dixon. Yeah, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Like, you need to have context of, like, when these things happen. Um, so I, it should be both, but it, but both of them do get counted separately. Um, is that it, 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 It's all there, yes. Uh, Ray Murray says, has Alex Rinch figured out that you don't have to blitz every down and can trust your front seven? I think Bar Alexander being so good, it certainly helps. They don't have to blitz if he's going to shoot up the A gap and force picks. If there's one lesson, I hope I hope he learned it's it's that. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh-oh. I don't. I am not. I don't think so yet. I I I need to see that against a legitimate offense that is actually having uh, success taking advantage of USC's aggression. Mm-hmm. And and and, and maybe even an team. in-game adjustment to that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in order to completely say that that's the case, it, I, I think it's just way too early. It, it helps that SC's last two games, in which the defenses look pretty good, are against the two worst quarterbacks they'll face all year. The three, I guess, because Stanford had uh, went to the backup quarterback in Lamson. So uh, I think that helps. Uh, but yes, we need we need to see more. We need to see more. We need to see what they do at ASU in Colorado these next two weeks. Uh, Glenn says, after seeing two to three weeks worth of games, are you thinking differently on the great who the greatest threat is to USC's perfect season? What do you think? I, I don't know because don't you so. and I both predicted the the loss, the to, Notre loss Dame. to Notre Dame, and, no, and that is age. That prediction is aging well, in the sense that Notre Dame looks pretty damn good. So I don't think that. I don't think I think less of that. Yeah. Even though I, I 
like what USC has done. I, I don't think less of like how daunting that road game is. I, I do think that Colorado looks, you know, like a game you should absolutely be concerned about. Um, but at the same time, I don't know that Colorado can, has a defense that can stop SC either. So, mm. um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sort of still where I'm at. Yeah. I'm still at where I was at. It, it also helps though that like w- Washington's offense is not quite as good as SC. I don't think, but like their production is, they're getting the same number, the same level of production. And that means that they are absolutely going to be capable of beating SC, just like Notre Dame. So, uh, but we'll see. We'll, 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 we will see. Um, SC is going to be favored in every game, probably from here on out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave says over under three and a half shanked punts for the rest of the season because teams are afraid to kick the branch. Hey, is it a shanked punt if, if it's, if you if kick it's, away if it's from angled them? away? Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know, but I'm going to say. I'm gonna say over. What what if SC starts bringing the house? Because they're like they're not gonna punt to him. We we'll, maybe we'll just bring the house instead. Force a block. It's a good thing that USC brought in a All Pac-12 punter then, because you think he can have the composure to deal with that. He's not punting to SC. You're confused. Oh, you mean USC starts going? You, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, then a lot of block kicks, maybe. I don't know. I don't know a lot, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, artist formerly known as Jabroni Jammer Brody says, is Bear a good name for a child asking for a friend? I okay. think so. First of all, I... I have a family friend who named their child Bear. I think it's one of the... There's There was a TikTok that went viral months ago about, like, what's a word that you think that if you didn't know what it meant could be the name like a good name of a child i think bear is one of those ones like independently it sounds good i was skeptical of it to be honest when when my family friend named her also bear brian named her son uh bear but bear was a was the nickname wasn't it i I think so yeah yeah. uh so she named her son bear and i was like that's interesting and then Bear Alexander came around and now I've sort of just gotten used to like seeing the videos and pictures mm-hmm. of Bear and I'm like, no, it's just Bear. That I li- I dig it. It's fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I will say, can we not call him the Bear? Yeah. I do not like that. <laughs> um, Tim Brando kept saying it over and over again. The Bear, the Bear, the Bear. His name is Bear. You don't need to try that hard. It doesn't need to be the Bear. You don't need to do the Mickey Mantle thing and just call him the Mick. Just call him Mick. Just call, just call Bear Alexander Bear. Like, like Reggie Bush didn't have a, a nickname because Reggie was cool enough. Like mm-hmm. Reggie being short for Reginald is cool enough. Bear is cool enough. It doesn't have to be overthought to be the Bear just because of the TV show. I love the TV show too. It doesn't need to be the Bear, you know. Or you call him Grizz or something like that. No, just call him Bear. It's, or just it's Bear. Fun. I mean, Bear is Bear is good enough. It's like Cadillac Williams. It's just 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 ride Cadillac. with the Cadillac. Yeah. Uh, Cameron says, any thoughts on week one of the NFL season? Alicia, I know what you're going to say. And this is why, if you have noticed, we've been moving quickly. This is why. 
I'm sorry for being just slightly distracted because the biggest story in the NFL this year uh, got injured on like the first dr- damn drive of Monday Night Football. Um, yeah. Yeah. When I'm inside baseball, we, we record I, in the middle of Alicia's of my work, work shift. shift. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I cover the NFL. And yeah. uh yeah, it's it's going down, guys. <laughs> I'm trying to multitask. I, I got a message like twenty minutes into the episode. <laughs> oh my god, we have to hurry. Aaron Rodgers just got hurt. I'm like, oh shoot. Okay, here we go. Um, uh, we made it though. No, no, no. We it's been it. it's been good. It's been good and I have I've been as attentive as possible while also putting out fires uh on, on the side. Um but uh aside from that happening, uh the um the big the big thing is uh that the NFL is always fun. The NFL it has exciting games on Sunday. Watching NFL Red Zone is always really it makes the whole thing even click further. Sunday night football was funny watching the Cowboys uh take down the Giants like that. But it doesn't hold a candle to college football. It just doesn't. Like anyone who says otherwise is lying. It's yeah. That's where I'm at on the NFL. The NFL's good. College football is great. Yeah, it is. It, it it is the best. All I know is that the Jags want to know, baby, want to know, want to know. Also, big shout out to uh, comment. There were comments on the hat, but really, big shout out to Kenny and your 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 D backs for uh, taking three and four from the uh, from the Cubs. It's one more than yeah, the D backs. Uh, Michael so. Michael may have lost a um, yeah, but a but I'm happy my Jags are undefeated. That's the important part. So, anyways, we're gonna wrap up there. Uh, thanks for for the uh, for the engagement here on the old YouTubes. Uh, everyone joining us, uh, we appreciate it. You guys are the best, uh, and um, yeah, we we appreciate you all. No full episode on Wednesday, but it's a members only show, so now's the perfect time. You're you you want us in your life on Wednesday? Come join the Rot Squad, four ninety nine a month. Join the membership here on YouTube. Get access to the Discord and. You get to you get to watch our uh, our game show on Wednesday night, uh, and it'll be f- super fun. You also, get access to all the old members only content from like the off season stuff, uh, which which will be fun as well. So uh, that that'll be us until Wednesday. Uh, until then, we will see ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.